Chapter One of Original Stories from Real Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Original Stories from Real Life by Mary Wollstonecraft. Chapter One The Treatment of Animals. The Ant, the Bee, Goodness, the lark's nest, the asses. One fine morning in spring, some time after Mary and Caroline were settled in their new abode, Mrs. Mason proposed a walk before breakfast, a custom she wished to teach imperceptibly by rendering it amusing. The sun had scarcely dispelled the dew that hung on every blade of grass and filled the half-shut flowers. Every prospect smiled, and the freshness of the air conveyed the most pleasing sensations to Mrs. Mason's mind. But the children were regardless of the surrounding beauties and ran eagerly after some insects to destroy them. Mrs. Mason silently observed their cruel sports without appearing to do it. But stepping suddenly out of the footpath into the long grass, her buckle was caught in it, and striving to disentangle herself, she wet her feet which the children knew she wished to avoid, as she had been lately sick. This circumstance roused their attention, and they forgot their amusement to inquire why she had left the path. And Mary could hardly restrain a laugh when she was informed that it was to avoid treading on some snails that were creeping across the narrow footway. "'Surely,' said Mary, "'you do not think there is any harm in killing a snail?' any of those nasty creatures that crawl on the ground i hate them and should scream if one was to find its way from my clothes to my neck with great gravity mrs mason asked how she dared to kill anything unless it were to prevent it hurting her then resuming a smiling face she said your education has been neglected my child as we walk along attend to what i say and make the best answers you can. And do you, Caroline, join in the conversation? You have already heard that God created the world and every inhabitant of it. He is then called the Father of all creatures, and all are made to be happy, whom a good and wise God has created. He made those snails you despise, and caterpillars, and spiders, and, when he made them, did not leave them to perish, but placed them where the food that is most proper to nourish them is easily found. They do not live long, but he who is their father, as well as yours, directs them to deposit their eggs on the plants that are fit to support their young when they are not able to get food for themselves. And when such a great and wise being has taken care to provide everything necessary for the meanest creature, would you dare to kill it, merely because it appears to you ugly? Mary began to be attentive, and quickly followed Mrs. Mason's example, who allowed a caterpillar and a spider to creep on her hand. You find them, she rejoined, very harmless, but a great number would destroy our vegetables and fruit, so birds are permitted to eat them, as we feed on animals. And in spring, there are always more than at any other season of the year, 
to furnish food for the young broods. Half convinced, Mary said, But worms are of little consequence in the world. Yet, replied Mrs. Mason, God cares for them and gives them everything that is necessary to render their existence comfortable. You are often troublesome. I am stronger than you, yet I do not kill you. Observe those ants. They have a little habitation in yonder hillock. They carry food to it for their young, and sleep very snug in it during the cold weather. The bees also have comfortable towns, and lay up a store of honey to support them when the flowers die and snow covers the ground. And this forecast is as much the gift of God as any quality you possess. Do you know the meaning of the word goodness? I see you are unwilling to answer. I will tell you. It is first to avoid hurting anything, and then to contrive to give as much pleasure as you can. If some insects are to be destroyed, to preserve my garden from desolation, I have done it in the quickest way. The domestic animals that I keep, I provide the best food for, and never suffer them to be tormented. And this caution arises from two motives. I wish to make them happy, and, as I love my fellow creatures still better than the brute creation, I would not allow those that I have any influence over to grow habitually thoughtless and cruel, till they were unable to relish the greatest pleasure life affords, that of resembling God by doing good. A lark now began to sing as it soared aloft. The children watched its motions, listening to the artless melody. They wondered what it was thinking of, of its young family, they soon concluded, for it flew over the hedge, and drawing near, they heard the young ones chirp. Very soon both the old birds took their flight together to look for food to satisfy the craving of the almost-fledged young. An idle boy, who had borrowed a gun, fired at them. They fell, and before he could take up the wounded pair, he perceived Mrs. Mason, and expecting a very severe reprimand, ran away. She and the little girls drew near, and found that one was not much hurt, but the other, the cock, had one leg broken and both its wings shattered, and its little eyes seemed to starting out of their sockets. It was in such exquisite pain. The children turned away their eyes. Look at it, said Mrs. Mason. Do you not see that it suffers as much and more than you did when you had the smallpox, when you were so tenderly nursed? Take up the hen. I will bind her wing together. Perhaps it may heal. As to the cock, though I hate to kill anything, I must put him out of pain. To leave him in his present state would be cruel. And avoiding an unpleasant sensation myself, I should allow the poor bird to die by inches and call this treatment tenderness, when it would be selfishness or weakness. Saying so, she put her foot on the bird's head, turning her own another way. They walked on, when Caroline remarked that the nestlings, deprived of their parents, would now perish, and the mother began to flutter in her hand as they drew near the hedge, though the poor creature could not fly, yet she tried to do it, 
the girls with one voice begged mrs mason to let them take the nest and provide food in a cage and see if the mother could not contrive to hop about to feed them the nest and the old mother were instantly in mary's handkerchief a little opening was left to admit the air and caroline peeped into it every moment to see how they looked i give you leave said mrs mason to take those birds because an accident has rendered them helpless if that had not been the case they should not have been confined they had scarcely reached the next field when they met another boy with a nest in his hand and on a tree near him saw the mother who forgetting her natural timidity followed the spoiler and her intelligible tones of anguish reached the ears of the children whose hearts now first felt the emotions of humanity caroline called him and taking sixpence out of her little purse offered to give it to him for the nest if he would show her where he had taken it from the boy consented and away ran caroline to replace it crying all the way how delighted the old bird will be to find her brood again the pleasure that the parent bird would feel was talked of till they came to a large common and heard some young asses at the door of a hovel making a most dreadful noise mrs mason had ordered the old ones to be confined lest the young should suck before the necessary quantity had been saved for some sick people in her neighbourhood but after they had given the usual quantity of milk the thoughtless boy had left them still in confinement and the young in vain implored the food nature designed for their particular support open the hatch said mrs mason the mothers have still enough to satisfy their young it was opened and they saw them suck now said she we will return to breakfast give me your hands my little girls you have done good this morning you have acted like rational creatures look what a fine morning it is insects birds and animals are all enjoying this sweet day thank god for permitting you to see it and for giving you an understanding which teaches you that you ought by doing good to imitate him other creatures only think of supporting themselves but man is allowed to ennoble his nature by cultivating his mind and enlarging his heart he feels disinterested love every part of the creation affords an exercise for virtue and virtue is ever the truest source of pleasure end of chapter 1